York's only local news talk station. 710-WOR, New York. The following program is sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applauded you having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles, and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. Joan, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, as promised last week, this is a very special edition of What's Your Wrinkle. We are broadcasting live from Amsterdam, Amsterdam in, uh, in Europe. You know, you know, I was wondering what kind of music you were going to pull out of there for Amsterdam. That's, that's sort of French I know French it's kind music. of a I'm party sure town, but you've got to kind of take it easy out there. You know what I mean? It is nice, there, though. There you go. That's great. Well, this is uh, a live show, and uh, you can become part of the show by giving us a call in New York at uh, 212-528-0129. That's 212-528-0129. I went ahead and shut the window and, to keep the music down a little bit, so uh, you can thank me later. Well, you never know. Actually, we're, we're coming back tomorrow, but I've been in Europe for a couple weeks uh, learning all about the, uh, the system, the medical system, particularly the plastic surgery issues, uh, first in, uh, in, in England, which uh, we spoke about last week. Then I spent about a week in France, and I got to uh, know the system there. So today we're going to speak about uh, French cosmetic surgery. Uh, France uh, has the uh, the ninth highest amount of cosmetic surgery in the world. The ninth, of course, the United States is the uh, the biggest consumer of cosmetic surgery. Then we've got countries like Brazil, and believe it or not, China and Japan, Mexico. We go all the way down to number nine in France, but. But uh, there's a lot of very interesting things that are happening in France, and I thought uh, we would talk about some of those today. But remember, you can become part of the show. You don't have to talk about French cosmetic surgery on this show. You can talk about your hips, your breasts, your lips, your nose, uh, maybe your ears, uh, because that's what this show is all about. This is What's Your Wrinkle? And the phone number, once again, in New York is 212-528-0129. Now, Noah, I have a, a little cold, so you're probably hearing just a little bit of that. Plus, we've got about a second or so delay. Uh, so it's going to be a technological challenge this evening, but hopefully uh, with the expertise of Noah sitting in the studio in New York, we will pull it off. Okay, so now France. France is a country that is uh, has about 66 million people. And compare that to about 316 million people in the United States. 
Now, the amount of cosmetic surgery that's done in France is pretty similar to the United States in terms of percentages. But, but some of the things stand out uh, as very interesting. For instance, um, gynecomastia, and that's male breast growth. And uh, the procedure that we, uh, we do to remove breast tissue in a man is called gynecomastia excision. Now, even with the population of France being about a fifth or so of the United States, uh, there's about a half as many number of gynecomastia excisions. And believe it or not, the ear setback operation, called an otoplasty, there are more of those in France than the United States, even though the population is a fifth of the United States. And Noah, you'll be interested to hear this next statistic in France. There's the same number of labial reductions in France as in the United States. I knew it! <laughs> about, I knew it! I knew it. knew it! I knew it! I was that just waiting was for you to procedure. say it. Well, it, it's kind of interesting. It, it really is when you look at these numbers. But there's a different attitude about cosmetic surgery in France. And, you know, uh, there's more of a conservative attitude. Breast augmentations are generally smaller uh, in terms of the size implants that are used. And facelifts are generally a little less dramatic. So they're, they're more conservative in France uh, than the United States. Although, I do have to say that in the United States, our trend is towards more conservatism, if that's the word. Uh, we're doing uh, probably smaller implants now than we did years ago, and we're doing facelifts uh, that are more conservative than they were years ago. So I guess we're kind of going the way of France, but uh, they actually were there first. Once again, the number here at WOR is 212-528-0129, We've got a call from Howie. What can I do for you, Howie? What's your wrinkle? Hey, Dr. Perry. How are you? Very good. What can I do for you? Yes. Um, I wanted to know what is the best treatment for spider veins that I'm developing pretty noticeably in my thigh and also by my ankles. Well, you know, there's two different uh, types of treatment for spider veins, Howie. Uh, how old are you, by the way? I am 43. And are you generally in good health? Yes, I am. I, I happen to walk a lot, which someone said may be contributing to it. I don't know. Well, now, now the question is, you've got spider veins, and spider veins are completely cosmetic. They have no medical implication. They're not like varicose veins. Do you have varicose veins also? No, I do not. Okay, now varicose veins are the veins that actually protrude from the legs, and uh, they can contribute to spider veins. But spider veins by themselves are completely cosmetic. The two methods of removing or reducing spider veins, it's probably a better word, reducing, as opposed to removing, are, um, the two methods are injection with a salt water solution. That's what I like to use. Uh, there are some people that use a chemical also. They're equally as effective, but there are allergic reactions that are associated with the chemicals that can be injected as opposed to the salt water solution, which has no chance of an allergic reaction. So that's one technique. The other technique is the laser. They are both effective. My personal preference is to do the injections first. And then once we get to the point where they're hard to see, then we might consider uh, doing uh, laser if it's sort of like the little blush effect on the, uh, on the legs. So both are effective. Both work. Now, that's different from uh, a few years ago. 
five, six, seven, eight years ago, the lasers were not as effective as, uh, as injection. Most plastic surgeons and most dermatologists and most vascular surgeons, by the way, those are the three groups of people that do those type of injections, most prefer injection as opposed to the laser for spider veins. It's a more efficient way to take care of a lot of uh, veins at the same time. All right, Howie? Thanks for the information. Okay, this is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle? right here on WOR. The phone number, 212-528-0129. That's 212-528-0129. By the way, Noah, before we go to the break, I want to remind everybody, I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, I'm doing a book signing at Clyde's in Manhattan, and right after Labor Day, because we're coming up to the Labor Day holiday, so uh, it's Monday, September 9th at uh, 12.30 to uh, about 3, uh, actually about 4 or so o'clock, I guess 12.30 to 3.30. That's what it is. We've got it right. And um, we have uh, my products, the nighttime, the daytime, the clean time and soft time, which are now available for sale at Clyde's. And that, that's on the Upper East Side. It's, um, it's uh, up there on Madison Avenue right around 74th Street. And uh, we'll be doing that book signing and giving away a free copy of my book, Straight Talk About Cosmetic Surgery, if you purchase any of those products. So it doesn't matter which you purchase or how many, uh, you'll get a copy of my book that is signed, and I'd love to have you come out. The, uh, the date, once again, is September 9th, and it's at Clyde's in Manhattan, so come on out. And by the way, when we return from the break, uh, did I mention that we're giving away a bottle of nighttime to all the callers this evening? Nighttime is the Evening Skin Serum. It's got vitamin C, vitamin A, lactic acid, and milk thistle, and a lot of good things for your skin. And uh, we're giving away bottles uh, to every caller this evening. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. There's a lot more to the show. We'll be back after these words. Dr. Laskow is an energetic man and a champion for healthy living. His friends say no one is more health conscious than he is. He's also director of the Transplant Center at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital and UMDNJ Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. But five years ago, he went from being the doctor to being the patient and was rushed to RWJ for the fight of his life and the life of his heart. The heart transplant team stabilized their dying teammate until they could attach a mechanical pump to help keep him alive until a replacement heart could be found and implanted. His was a complicated case, but he knew if anyone could pull him out of danger, it was the transplant team he trusted. Dr. Lasko is grateful to those who never left his side and the donor who saved his life. Now he's back at work saving other lives. Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital is one of America's best hospitals, where every day what was once called a miracle is now simply called great medicine. For information, visit rwjheart.org. Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, the heart of academic medicine. Is your skin aging before your eyes? There is something you can do to reverse those signs of aging. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and my solution doesn't involve a knife or a needle. It's a serum I created called Nighttime. Nighttime makes your skin smoother, brighter, and thicker with just one step each day. 
I've packed nighttime with vitamins C and A, moisturizers, fruit acids, skin brighteners, and antioxidants. That's a lot of science in one bottle, but that's what it takes to make your skin look younger and more attractive. Until Labor Day, when you purchase two bottles of nighttime, you'll get a third bottle free with free shipping. Call 855-940-1800. That's 855-940-1800. Or on the web, it's drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. Put the word radio in the discount box to receive three bottles of nighttime for the price of two. This is plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. If you're showing signs of aging, you might benefit from my midlife makeover. Without stepping into an operating room, I can reduce wrinkles with Botox and Bellotero. I can remove brown spots with a peel and lift brows and jowls with Althera. My offices are in central New Jersey and in Manhattan. Give me a call at 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. And check out my website at perryplasticsurgery.com. What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is a very special edition of What's Your Wrinkle this evening. We are broadcasting live from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and I had to learn all about this country also. Uh, Maybe next week when we're back in New York, we'll talk about the Netherlands. And, uh, and Noah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. When I was in France, the newspapers are still talking about the French breast implant disaster. Now, they it didn't still get a lot on of that? publicity. Wow. Yeah, you know, it didn't get a lot of publicity in the United States. But there's about a half a million people around the world that are affected, including Americans, who had their surgery in South America or in the Caribbean or in Europe. Now, here's what happened. There's a company called Poly Implant Prosthese. PIP is what it goes under. And this company, it, it, it's really just amazing when you hear about this thing. They used non-medical grade silicone gel in their breast implants. And they started leaking prematurely. And there's even a question of whether or not this, uh, this bad stuff that's put into uh, breast tissue can cause breast cancer. There's been one death. And so the uh, the the uh, president of the company, the guy who started this company, is not a doctor, not a scientist. In fact, he was a a traveling salesman before he got into the uh, the breast implant business. It's a long story in itself. Uh, this guy uh, was arrested, and uh, and actually uh, is uh, the trial is completed now. But it completed a couple months ago. But they don't have a decision yet whether or not he's going to be convicted of manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, and other charges. They want to put him in jail for years, which they should. It's a terrible story that's affected half a million women in 65 countries around the world. Many countries like France and now England and Sweden are all having uh, the, the actual countries, the health systems in the countries, are taking out the implants. They're paying for removal of these implants. A terrible story around the world. It's one we've talked about in this show in the past, and it's where uh, one where the FDA has done a good job keeping these implants out of the United States. Well, this is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle? We've got many calls lined up. Sarah, what can I do for you? You, want, you had a call about breast implants. Let's talk about that. Yes, I did, and I had them done in America three times. The first time it was silicone um, about 25 years ago, and after 10 years they got very hard. I waited 17 years, and I had like 
two rocks in my chest, had them removed and replaced. After one year, it seemed that I had a, a tumor or something in the breast had to be opened up, and it was the implant folded on itself. That was replaced exactly three years ago. And now, right. and, and I. And what's your question, Sarah? is that now I don't have silicone, I have saline, but it's only three years, and they're getting hard again. Why do I produce all this hard tissue? You know, your body sees breast implants as something foreign, Sarah. You know, it's just like a splinter in your finger or a piece of glass that you get under your skin. Uh, your body sees it as foreign and wants to wall it off. So the silicone material is not something that we can be allergic to, although there's maybe one in a million, one in two million people that actually are allergic to that. It's very rare. But in, in about 10% of people, we make hard scar around the implant. So in 100% of people, we make scar, and we call that a capsule. And, uh, and that hard scar sometimes can make your implants feel very hard, and in a few percent of people, it can actually hurt. So I tell people that we take out the implants once, break up the scar. If it happens a second time, you know, you have to make that hard decision. Either stick with those implants, live with them, or just take them out and never have the implants replaced again. But you don't want to do what Jenny Jones did. She made a career out of, what, 9, 10, 11 times, I believe. She had her implants in and out, and it was a real big deal. Some people cannot tolerate implants. We make that hard scar. And so... You know, in your situation, you're at uh, the third time now. Either take them out or live with them, but do not replace them, in my opinion. If All I right? take them out... You know, there might, there might... What's that? If I take them out, what would, would I look like? Would I be... I, I was well, told I would be even smaller than I was initially. And usually people are smaller because uh, the implants do compress the fat in your breasts. And, uh, and just like pregnancy or weight gain they stretch out the skin a bit. So uh, when you take out the implants, your breasts will sag a bit more and they won't look as attractive. Now, now there is one, one uh, thing that you might be interested in, and that's these new implants that were just approved over the last year, these gummy bear implants or form-shaped implants. Now, they are changing the way we think about augmentations, and they do have a lower chance of capsular contracture or scarring around the breasts. So it is possible... You know, so I may take back what I said before. Um, we might try the new implants in you because with these new implants, there is a significant chance that you might not get that capsular contracture. They're different. They have what's called less gel bleed. The silicon uh, is less likely to come through those implants, and because of that, probably less likely to cause that problem. So. The the uh, the traditional thinking over the last 30 years has been what I told you, you know, take out the implants or live with them. Uh, that might be a little changed now because we have the new form-stable implants called gummy bear implants. Okay, Sarah, thanks so much for calling. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle? Let's take one more call from Stephanie before we go to our break. Stephanie, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Hi, I love the global cultural platform. Um, I have a question about eyelid surgery. How long do you think it lasts? All right. So you're talking about the extra skin in the upper eyelids or the skin and fat of the lower eyelids? Which are you talking both, about? Both. Okay. You know, generally it takes... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, often we do. 
Uh, most people do get uppers and lowers done at the same time, although plenty of people do just get the uppers and some just get the lowers. So it really depends on you and, and uh, what exactly you have. More people develop more extra skin of the upper lids and more people develop more fat of the lower lids. So the question is how long that procedure lasts. And by the way, that's called a blepharoplasty. That's the formal name. And in general, it will last between 5 and 10 years five and ten years, some people more, some people uh, a little bit less, although that's not common, less than five years. So uh, I've done my share of people five or ten or even fifteen years. I've been in practice twenty-something years now, and so I've had plenty of people that I've done a second time many years later because we continue to age as we get older. All right, Stephanie? So you can get it done again, correct? Oh, you can, you can. Now, the uh, upper lids, we have to be more careful the second time, just like with any surgery, uh, because the complication rate does go up. And uh, the limiting factor with uh, the lower lids, by the way, is um, the tightness of the lower lid. And you can look at your own eyelid, pull your lower eyelid away from your eyeball, and see how fast it takes to snap back. And if it's very slow, you're at higher risk for problems with surgery. With your upper lid, uh, you know, one of the problems is sometimes there's just not a lot of extra skin. It looks that way, but we're, our skin gets crepey as we get older. And so, uh, you know, you need a good qualified plastic surgeon to examine you and, uh, and make sure that that plastic surgeon has experience in doing secondary or redo procedures. Thanks so much for the phone call. We have to take a short break now. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. We'll be back after these words. When retired New York City detective Hank Grande had a hard time swallowing, he thought it was just something he'd eaten. But his doctor saw something more serious and sent him immediately to Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, the principal teaching hospital for UMDNJ Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. Using advanced imaging technology in the hospital's endovascular suite, a team of heart specialists diagnosed a life-threatening weakness, an aneurysm in an artery close to his heart. The treatment, a stent graft, carefully placed in his artery to repair the aneurysm, using just a small incision and a catheter. Two days later, Hank was back home, playing with his grandchildren and planting his garden. Hank never had the need to go first class, but when he learned he had a problem that threatened his life, he wanted the best, not just for himself, but for those who depend on him. Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital is one of America's best hospitals, where every day what was once called a miracle is now simply called great medicine. For information, visit rwjheart.org. Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, the heart of academic medicine. This is plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Have you had an aging spurt? You know what that is. All of a sudden, you see wrinkles and sagging skin, and you look older. I tackle aging spurts with procedures like eyelid and facelifts, and office procedures like Botox, peels, and Ulthera. Or you might just need rejuvenation around your mouth with wrinkle filler. Let's sit down and spend an hour together. I'll design a program that can help restore your appearance, and one that's within your budget. My offices are on 57th Street, just off of 5th Avenue, and in New Jersey. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. And check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 7 p.m. right here on WOR. What's, What's your wrinkle, wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry? 
And we are back, live from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. We're live this evening, and uh, you know we're gonna uh, we're gonna be talking with Dr. Eric Singer, who is a urologist, a urologic oncologist. In just a few minutes, we've got so many things to talk about about France and Amsterdam, and I was in Belgium. So next week, uh, I'll be back in the studio in New York, but we're going to continue our, our global, as uh, the last caller said, our global perspective on cosmetic surgery. Dr. Singer, are you there? I am. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks so much for taking uh, time on your Saturday evening. Now, uh, we have you on the air this week because it's, a, uh, it's the time of the year that men need to think about their prostate, Right. Uh, right. the, uh, you're at the uh, Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey. You're a urologist, and uh, there are some screenings coming up. Tell us about these uh, prostate cancer screenings. Uh, sure. So uh, later this month in September, from the 23rd to the 25th, the Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey and Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital will be hosting its 15th uh, annual men's health screening uh, with a focus on prostate cancer awareness. And so we're inviting uh, men who have an interest in learning more about uh, prostate cancer health and men's health uh, to get in touch with us and come on out to uh, participate in our event, again, the 23rd to the 25th of September. Okay. Now, now, who is it open to and how should men register? I know I have a lot of male callers and, and listeners to this show, so tell us how they can, you know, who do you want to register? Who should get their prostate checked? Sure. So... This event is open to men age 40 and older, and to uh, it, it's free to participate, but we do ask that men go ahead and call ahead of time to register. We see somewhere in the ballpark of 600 to 800 men during the course of uh, this three-day event annually. And the best way to go ahead and get in touch with us is through our uh, hotline, which is uh, toll-free 888-MD. R-W-J-U-H, or 888-637-9584. And again, this is open to men uh, age 40 and older uh, and uh, who are interested in finding out more about uh, prostate cancer awareness and their own uh, risk factors. Okay. So now the men come to the screening. All right, everybody wants to know, what are you going to do to them? What happens in this screening? Sure. So they're going to get some information about uh, prostate cancer awareness. Um, they would have a blood test, a blood test drawn, and we're doing a PSA test, a prostate-specific antigen test, which is a, a basic blood work test, which is going to let the men know what their PSA level is. Um, a higher PSA number is more concerning for having a higher risk of prostate cancer. It's not diagnostic. It's not like a pregnancy test where it says, yes, you have it, or no, you don't. It just is another way to help us figure out a man's risk for having uh, problems such as prostate cancer. And he will also undergo a physical examination, which involves a digital rectal examination. So we'll actually be feeling the prostate to see if there are any lumps or bumps or things that could be concerning uh, for a tumor. Now, how often, by the way, should a man have a rectal exam to uh, feel his prostate, and how often should he have a PSA exam? Sure, and, th and this is something that's really been uh, evolving even very quickly over the past few years. Uh, the American Urological Association just released its updated guidelines on early prostate cancer detection and screening, 
And uh, while it had been recommended that men undergo this annually, we're now having a better understanding from some large studies that were published over the past few years that's spacing that out a little bit to uh, every other year or perhaps every third year, depending on the man's risk factors and PSA numbers and previous exams, can minimize the risks of um, you know, finding cancers that it would be unlikely to harm them uh, and having unnecessary testing done while still preserving the opportunity to find things that potentially cause a problem for the man, uh, a more aggressive kind of cancer that would need to be treated. So uh, in, in light of these new recommendations, uh, we are in fact changing our process so that we're going to be doing a screening every other year and a men's uh, health awareness session every other year. So the prostate cancer screenings will be happening on odd number years, such as 2013, and then on even number years will be uh, additional information sessions about uh, men's health uh, globally. All right. My guest this evening has been Dr. Eric Singer, who is a uh, professor at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital and in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And we're talking about prostate cancer. And there's uh, screenings, and I'm going to say again, Monday, September 23rd, 4th, and 5th in New Brunswick, New Jersey, right in the geographic uh, center of the state. Give a call if you want to be part of this. And, uh, the number is 888-MDRWJUH. That's M-D-R-W-J-U-H. And by the way, that also is the number for Robert Wood Johnson's uh, hotline if you want any doctors uh, on the staff for other issues also. Well, it's been a great show, Noah. We're uh, live from Amsterdam. We had a few little uh, delays and things, making it a little more uh, challenging this evening. But you pulled it off, Noah. You did a great job. And I want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to be back from New York next week. We'll be back in the studio harassing Noah once again. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle? The preceding program was sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content. John Gambling. You've got the whole thing turned upside down. The police department is out to protect.